Now back to the show. Sh- sh- Chicago's College Tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. College Tailgate here on ESPN 1000. We talk college football with you every single Saturday, 9 to 11 a.m. Tyler Rocky, Shay Norling. Shay is out in Columbus, Ohio, getting set for Michigan State and Ohio State. He'll be in attendance a little bit later on, rooting on the, the green and white, maybe being chastised by some, some old Ohio State ladies as well. Um, but we also have our news of the day, Shay, and that is that Jim Harbaugh will not be coaching today in Michigan's game against Penn State after the temporary restraining order was put on hold for the moment, did not pass today. So no Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines. We thought we might get a, a shot at having Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines today for Michigan. I don't know about you. I'm a little disappointed with how everything played out today. It was just kind of a casual 920 alert. Pete Thamel says no Harbaugh today. We're not going to see Harbaugh at all. Yeah, I was bummed. I was hoping for two hours of Harbaugh watch. Yeah. Honestly, I was hoping for the TRO to be uh, upheld or put in place or whatever, Mm -hmm. because I just wanted to see how that would function on the sideline. I wanted to see Harbaugh with assistant coaches going getting the tape measure out. You must be this far away from us to Big Ten people. Nope. Nope, you're too close. We're going to find you. Like, I just, I wanted to see that play out on a sideline. I thought that would have been hilarious. I hope it happens next week in Maryland. And honestly, with the Ohio State game in the Big House, I would like to see how a TRO is held up in a football sideline. I think that's hysterical. So I just, I can't believe we're here that I a know. temporary restraining order is actually playing a fa- uh, part in a college football game. So a hearing is set for this coming Friday. And I'd imagine we'll see him on the sidelines against Maryland. If I had to guess. I I, I don't know. What's the judge going to do? It's the same. Apparently, Isn't it a Michigan the, alum, too? Yeah, it, it's a Michigan alum who is the judge that's going to look over the temporary restraining order. But apparently it's the same Michigan alum that ruled against Connor, Stall- Connor Stallions yeah. in his HOA vacuum sales violations which is just another ludicrous part of this story. This guy had a house. A, yeah, he's a nut. He, well, Tyler, explain to me how a guy in a $55,000 a year salary bought a half a million dollar house and then hoarded vacuum cleaners to well, refurbish. I was going to say. It's and he's the, selling them off the front porch. It's, it's the vacuum sales that's really keeping that <laughs> thing afloat that's paying the mortgage. And then he's in business with Blake Corum, and Blake Corum's going, I don't know the guy. We've never done anything together. And then there's this business agreement that comes out with a company logo and Blake Corum's Instagram. He's got the company logo on a car that he's driving around. This has become the most absurd story maybe in the history of college football. Connor Stallion, I mean, got a little Billy McFarlane in him, it seems like. Remember the, the Firefest guy? Got a little Billy McFarlane in him. Just, he's like, he, Connor Stallions was the guy on the airplane. a few too many ventures. He, he was the guy on the airplane that the woman's freaking out going, he's not effing real. That was Connor Stallions <laughs> yes. in the back of the plane. He was flying to Clemson. <laughs> going to go steal some signs down there. Um, all right, let's get into what's going on with the playoff, the way everything's shaking out there. We did get our latest rankings. In the college football playoff show earlier this week. We, by the way, 
We're going to get we're going to be in person for the next rankings. We're going to the Champions Classic on Tuesday at the United Center. And I love this when you get the rankings in between the games, you get the college football playoff rankings. So that's going to come out later on on Tuesday. But the latest iteration of rankings here, your number one team in the country, really no change in the top eight. It is Ohio State, followed by Georgia, Michigan at three, Florida State at four. Those would be your four CFP teams if it were to end today. On the outside looking in, you've got Washington, Oregon, Texas, Alabama, Ole Miss, and Penn State. Yeah, I just, I think these rankings are super interesting. We've talked all season, like this is the first year that I can remember being like, we need a 12-team playoff. There are enough teams that I think could play high-quality games against each other in the top 12, which has never been the case. I don't think Georgia is as elite as they have been in the past. And beyond Georgia, I think everybody's kind of on a level playing field. And Tyler, I think a team in the outside the top four is actually the best team in America right now. Mm-hmm. And that, to me, is Oregon. And I don't know how more people aren't seeing it. Like, I looked... You know, it's something I've seen a lot this week. I, I'm trying to remember who it was. Maybe it was, like, Trevor Maddich earlier this week was throwing that out there. A couple people have hopped on the bandwagon with you that Oregon is the number one team in the country. And I came out of that Washington game where Oregon lost. They, Bo Nix in the fourth quarter was incredible. That's the best quarter I think a quarterback has played all season for any team in any conference on any field. He, I think, had one incompletion going into that final drive where they tried the fourth down and didn't get it. Uh, and then Michael Penix obviously does what Michael Penix does. Two plays for a touchdown. Roma Dunze, he's fantastic. He can't say enough. But Bo Nix comes back out on the field, drives his team down, gets him a field goal opportunity, and the kick just wasn't good. I came out of that game going, Oregon went on the road to Seattle, one of the hardest places to play in America, in a huge top 10 matchup. First time in the history of the rivalry, both teams were in the top 10. And Oregon felt like they played the better game. They just got the bad result. I came out of that going, I think they're the better team. And they've responded by slaughtering their opponents since then. Like, they killed Wazoo. It was a backdoor cover for Wazoo, but that was never in doubt. Oregon murdered them. You go on the road to Utah, which you and I deem one of the most difficult places to play, and a Utah team that since that loss has been a, a juggernaut seemingly. Oregon goes, slaughters them, and then they put up a 62 to 19 on a Cal team that has not been like some layup in the Pac-12. This has been a kind of grimy, drag you into rock in, fights or yeah, they're one up in with five, you. But they're not one in five. I mean, they were a two-point conversion away from beating USC, who I know now we don't think is very good. They've played a lot of close games. Their defense has been pretty good. They've had they the go toughest to, schedule in the Pac-12. Like, l- Listen to this yeah. Pac-12 schedule. You went at Washington, home against Arizona State. You beat Arizona State, who's also given teams some fits. Um, you 12-point loss to Oregon State. You lose by 20 at Utah uh, the the barn burner against USC and then at Oregon. It doesn't get tougher than that in the Pac-12. No, it doesn't, but especially with Oregon, because you just watch them. They're so good on both lines. The defensive line is super physical. This is not like the Chip Kelly, everybody's got to run a 4-2, and we're just going to do finesse. This defensive line will move bodies. The offensive line will move bodies. Bucky Irving's probably the best running back in America right now. He's been outstanding this That was season. one thing in the Washington game. I couldn't believe they went away from him. Like, 
there were big moments where I was like, all right, just keep feeding the ball to Bo. Like, yeah. Bo Nix played great, but I don't think they necessarily needed Bo Nix to win them that game. I think they could have done it on the feet of Bucky Irving in that game, and they just kept going away from him. But he was picking up six to eight yards on pretty much every carry, it felt like. Yeah, he was, and you look at Washington's rushing defense this year, it hasn't been great. Their defense as a whole hasn't been great, especially that USC game. It kind of showed outside the turnovers, they could not stop USC. And I just think you look at the way Oregon's built. The lines are super physical. And then you have what you need on the perimeters on both sides of the football. You have speedy wide receivers who find ways to get open. You've got Bo Nix who can move around a little bit but apparently is no longer a uh, road bum. This guy's been amazing on the road this season. He's probably going to win the Heisman at this point. I saw his co-favorites with Michael Penix. Mm-hmm. It feels like a two-horse race now. So you have a Heisman caliber Comes down to one game. Yeah, you've got Bucky Irving, who's incredible in the backfield. His backup is incredible. You've got wide receivers who get open. And then the defensive secondary, Tyler, they fly. They can play on islands with any receivers in America. They're fast. I just, I look at Georgia and I go, Georgia's got some holes. Georgia's looked a little uneven this year. They're not as elite as they once were. And I look at Oregon and go, there's not a weakness on this team. And I just, maybe they don't have the ultimate high-level players that a team like Georgia or a team like Michigan might have. But I think everywhere they have elite guys. And they're just so complete. Like, Michigan secondary concerns me. There are holes there. Michigan, when they have to rely on J.J. McCarthy and they can't run the ball, worries me. And Oregon's not going to let you run the ball a ton. Like, I think Washington's defense is a huge concern. I just I look at Oregon and go, there's not a weakness here. They're the best team in the country to me. So, looking at some of the odds here, this is all on FanDuel right now. The Pac-12 favorite to, to win the conference is Oregon at minus 180, followed by Washington at plus 170, and everyone else after that is 20 to 1 or longer. Then... There's also the hypothetical matchups for a lot of these conference championships. Oregon is a six and a half point favorite. Yeah, I saw that too. That I was thinking that game, like Oregon, maybe a three point favorite on a neutral site. Six and a half. That's a lot. That's that's basically Vegas telling you they expect the rematch. Oregon's going to pump Washington. So I've got another question for you here too. Let's say. Oregon did win that game against Washington. Let's say they won in regulation. They go for it. They kick a few more field goals as opposed to trying to go for it on fourth down. I think they were, what, 0 of 3 on fourth down, 0 of 4 on fourth down in that in that game. That's pretty much what doomed them there. Let's say they kick a couple field goals in that game, win the game outright in regulation. Where is Oregon ranked today? Number one. Are they number one? I think so, yeah. Dude, look at like, Think about what they've done with Ohio State, right? Ohio State's number one in the country right now off of the Notre Dame win and the Penn State win. And neither of those looked spectacular. If Oregon goes and just beats Washington outright, and then you have the road win at Utah where they slaughtered them, and they're just killing all of the teams except Washington, who is a top 10, top 5, top 4 team, like you... Yeah, to me, if they go win that game outright, Oregon's the number one team in America right Here's now. Here's my one CFP. wonder, though. I don't know if they absolutely obliterate some of these teams like they did. Do you think that the loss was what Dan Lanning needed? To I be think like, it was, yeah. And, and you know we got to get our bleep together. That loss may be the best thing to happen to them this season. Because it, 
I don't want to say it was a wake-up call because they've been good. They were good all year leading into that game. Like they'd crushed everyone aside from Texas Tech, but that loss it feels like kind of poked a bear that was already alive. And I think that's going to really help this team propel into the Pac-12 championship eventually. Like the schedule, the way it sets up the rest of the way, home against USC tonight. I, I, quite frankly, I, I think they run through this Trojans team because They're of the sixteen-point favorite. Yes. And then the game at the end of the year, you're home against uh, Oregon State in the, the Civil War there. I, I'm not too concerned. And then it's sandwiched in between a road trip to Arizona State. I think this team really can take care of business. And once they get to the Pac-12 championship, listen, I'm looking forward to the rematch of Washington and, and Oregon. I think it's going to be another great game. I am too, because honestly, that's still the best game I've seen played all year. Like that, that was such an incredible game. We saw Sunday on Saturday. Both defenses were playing at a really high level. I thought everybody was flying around the field. That's the great thing about that game. It was a 36-33 final, but the defenses were great on both sides. Yeah, it was like true shot-for-shot football. I called it the college football version of that Bills-Chiefs divisional game Mm -hmm. where both teams were just operating at such a high level on both sides of the football that, like, Bo Nix played perfect offense. Michael Penix played perfect offense. Roma Dunze, I still think about that game. And just he's getting smothered on islands, and he's making, creating space to make catches that's a game we need to see a repeat of. And honestly, though, I do kind of feel like when we get to the rematch, and I think it's a when, not an if, Oregon's going to blast them. It, it, Oregon, it feels like you asked me uh, a couple weeks ago, does Dan Lanning's aggressiveness bite him in the ass in a big spot? And my answer, it's still what it was. I think it already did. I think that Washington game, when he's got the ball in the red zone, on the goal line, he's going for fourth downs, he's trying to play to win. I loved it. I thought the decision-making, for the most part, was really good, Um, except for giving Michael Penix a short field when he was clearly hurt. I still would have opted for the long field. Maybe that ended up being right because they gave themselves time on the final drive. But I just feel like he's going to go conservative in some of those decisions moving forward. I don't necessarily think of that as a bad thing. I think it's Hey, I kind of learned my lesson. We're good enough to win if we play just by the book. We don't need to do the fourth down stuff. We don't need to get cute. We don't need to chase early points. We are awesome as a football team, and if we just take the points when we have the opportunities, we're going to set ourselves up to win a football game. I think that's where Dan Lanning's at now, and honestly, he's come out as to me as one of, if not the best, motivator in the sport right yes. now. Mm-hmm. He has turned this team into a juggernaut off that loss. And he knows tonight. tonight's a chance to play with some style points because even though USC doesn't have a number next to their name, even though they've been a disappointment this year, a team that some thought could get to the college football playoff, Caleb Hill, uh, Williams, the reigning Heisman Trophy winner, there's still something to be said if you go out and just blast USC tonight. Because yeah, even th- as a 16-point favorite. Yeah. Yes. It, you're getting a 10.30 Eastern time kick, a 9.30 Central. Like you're Obviously, the East Coast might not witness this as much as people in Chicago locally or uh, people on the West Coast, certainly. But it is two brands. It's two a Heisman winner and a Heisman hopeful. Like, this is – there's a lot of storylines coming here. And if you just bomb another conference opponent, I think it really speaks volumes. Do you think – there's a world where, despite the head-to-head loss, if Oregon goes and just bombs 
USC and Washington finds themselves in a game with Utah, which I do honestly think could happen today, could Oregon leapfrog them on Tuesday? I don't think so. Just because they're of the, just going to hold it in place for yeah, the I think rematch. There, there's no point right now in in flipping it because it's all gonna it all is going to get settled in Vegas in a couple of weeks. So that what's if the they point do in, flip it? <laughs> if I, they do flip it, Kalen DeBoer bulletin board like that would be the right. worry. That, that could be the the worst thing possible for Oregon <laughs> is that they flip it. But I, I do think though that because Washington's playing the better team. Today, if if both teams win, even if the the margin is significantly more in the Oregon game than it is the Washington game, Washington still probably walks away with the better quality of victory because it's Utah and not USC. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. All right. When we come back here, we will preview some of the other games on the slate. Good week of college football. We'll do all that when we come back here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Shay and Tyler. Tyler. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's football game day starts with Chicago's College Tailgate. From red shirts to mascots to your school's alma mater, Chicago's College Tailgate has it all. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Take a look at some of the other games on the slate today. Tyler Aki, Shane Norling with you here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Don't forget, we break down the week of college football as well on the Chicago's College Tailgate podcast. So check that out wherever you get your podcast. That's coming in your feeds on Monday mornings usually. Check it out there. Subscribe, rate, review, all that fun stuff. Uh, before we do get into some of these games, I think this will help with some of our breakdown of the games. Let's bring in the doctor, all right? We got Dr. Pottinger with us. Justin Pottinger, our great producer here on Chicago's College tail- Tailgate. Uh, Doc, what do we got? What are some of the injuries we got to look for today, bro? What's going on, guys? Yeah, we got a bunch of injuries, bunch of star players, too, on the report today. So we got to get through these. Let's start with the Kansas-Texas Tech game, 11 a.m., Jalen Daniels out again. Sad face. I know. It sucks. I, I want to see him out there, but it's going to be his sixth straight game. He will miss. Jason Bean will get the start today. He's 3-2 and two in his last five. We'll see. J.D. could return next week, but... How are the vibes I in Lawrence? It. Vibes are great. It's minus four. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll get there soon. I'll get there soon. But Lawrence, it's going to be great today. It's going to be packed. All right, moving on. Alabama, Kentucky, Jermaine Burton, senior wide receiver. Guys, he's dealing with a sickness. He is 500 yards, 500, uh, 500 yards, five touchdowns on the year. Game time decision. Again, it's an illness. So who knows? It probably will be last second, but that's a big name Leading for Alabama. receiver for Bama, yeah. Yes, sir. He's like their their most important skill player, too. Like mm-hmm. that's a if he can't go, that's a big loss. Big loss. Hopefully we'll get, get an update soon on that. But more wide Take receiver news. Take his temp. Yeah, Come on, we need stick, stick the thermometer down there. What are we doing, Doc? I need to get yeah. down there, man. I need to get down in Florida and figure out the situation yeah. with them. See are if it's you a, cold, a sinus infection, maybe. <laughs> are you a thermometer? Thermometer in the mouth guy, a thermometer where the sun don't shine. Jesus. Mouth? All right. (laughs) All right. Let's move on here. More wide receiver news. Florida State, Johnny Wilson, he will return. He didn't play last week with an undisclosed injury, and Keon Coleman also will return. So Florida State will have their two wide receivers back today. That's great news. Uh, Later today, Missouri, Tennessee. 
Luther Burden, he also will play. It was a scary side. He was maybe not going to today, but the sophomore wide receiver will return. This is huge news. Jack, our producer, was in here earlier today. He was hyped about it, showing off that great smile he has. Jack, get down here, man. We need your vibes. <laughs> LSU, LSU Florida, last game, up? 630 tonight. Jaden Daniels will play. He, is, he got a concussion last week. I don't know how he's going to do it, but he's suiting up today, and he should play. Can so. I say something about that last week? I'm no doctor. That seemed like the dumbest thing possible for a guy with a concussion is let's leave him in a blue tent <laughs> for the rest of the game while the decibel level at Brian Denny was through the roof. That seems smart. Like, am, am I missing something here? Why would you not take him to the locker room? <laughs> well, Jaden Daniels, Tyler, we know he's a bit of a risk taker. He likes to take big hits. It's not a huge surprise. They just left him out there. He said, I want to be in the, in the heat. What I don't understand is, like, if it's severe enough where you have a parent coming down from the side, yeah. from the stands to the sidelines to be in the blue tent with her son, why would you not take him to the locker room? What am I missing? Yeah, it's, it was an interesting call. It, honestly, him playing again, I was going to make the It sounds like a Tua situation a little bit. Oh, boy. Like, how is he playing Literally this what week? I was thinking. I can't believe it. Uh, Potsy, I think you're missing a big one on the uh, on the, on the the injury report. Who am I missing, Shay? Get me an update on Brock Bowers, man. There were yeah. rumblings. We need to know, is Brock Bowers going to go for Georgia? Big top 10 matchup in Athens against Ole Miss. If Brock Bowers is on that field, you look at that game a little differently. Yeah. That that is a that could really shake things up. What do we, you got something there? Right Doc? now, game time decision. Let me get uh, more detail though. Go, That's what go, I'm seeing. Go yeah, go snoop around on that a little bit. We'll uh, we'll get to some of these games. Let's start with that Georgia and Ole Miss game because this is. I feel like this is a great game today that's getting buried a little bit. It's on ESPN. It's not your ABC game. That's Texas TCU. It's not in like some big time spot. It's kind of that it's in the Ole Miss spot, right? It's the, the night game on ESPN. That kind of feels like the, the Ole Miss residency that they have. Yeah. And there's also like if the Michigan story weren't going on, there is a story out of this game that would be dominating the college football landscape. Did you see Lane Kiffin? Lane, uh, middle name Richard Kiffin, uh, was recorded in the locker room having a conversation with a defensive tackle who was taking a mental health break from the football team, kicking the kid off the team. <laughs> like oh, the, Lane. Transfer to do, the SIP. What do you do with Ole Miss in this spot? How does that impact? Dude, if, the Ole Miss situation here, and, and we'll get to it in the picks, I have a feeling because of a statistic I'm going to go a certain way. But the Ole Miss situation is like, if you're a parent, if you're a player, how do you react to your head coach getting caught on a secret recording going, you're off the effing team, get out, you're done, get out. Like, that's literally what he said to a player who was on a mental health break. It's, yeah, I mean, for a guy who has been so, like, forward thinking in terms of how he's recruiting going out and getting guys out of the portal i mean he's been one of the guys who's hit the portal the hardest um you've got he's done a really good job recruiting as well like that's a tough look and that's something that you could see the floor falling out at mississippi moving forward um they've been a great story this year they've been a lot of fun that entire sec west really has been pretty fun and it's been headlined by bama and ole miss and these two teams Bama's got the head-to-head right now over Ole Miss and the the game advantage there, but it's something that 
if they if there's one little hiccup, like Ole Miss is holding on to a sliver of hope right now. Um, they probably really needed LSU to go out and, and win yeah. last week, but Ole Miss holding on to a sliver of hope right now. I, I still like this Ole Miss team, but it's I I think Georgia could be a little overwhelming. Again, we needed a 12-team playoff this year. Like Ole Miss. Ole Miss is playoff good, playoff level good this year. Jackson Dart's been great. That Judkins, the running back, has been awesome. Defensively, it's been kind of up and down, but they've worked some kinks out, it feels like. Ole Miss has been super fun to watch. This game is exciting. I'm going to have it on. I'm going to watch on my phone in the shoot. Oh, all right. <laughs> that's that's you, what I'm going to You got I'm going to watch battery? the game on the phone in the shoe. Yeah, of course. Okay. Good for you. All right. So, yeah, I, I think that's going to be – I think – I don't understand how this game gets buried like it did today. How is this not on CBS? How is this not on ABC? We're really doing 6 o'clock ESPN, number 9 versus number 2? 6 o'clock on the, ESPN. The best, cable. the best ranking matchup of the day, and it's on ESPN. I don't get it. Is it the best ranking matchup of the day? 9 versus 2? That's got to be the lowest, right? Eleven. No, there's there's also the ten three matchup, which eleven is lower I think than has nine. a little more intrigue. Well, that's I, fair. I don't know. That's I, fair. I find Ole Miss to be much more intriguing than Penn State, but do you like? If you ask but me right now, I feel like Penn too. State's the more intriguing team. Ole Miss or like um, well, like Ole Miss and Penn, Ole Miss and Georgia could never be on Fox, though. You know what I mean? Yeah, fair. I I just I kind of feel like Ole Miss Georgia's likelier to be a blowout than Michigan Penn State. That that's also uh, I think they both have equal blowout potential. I don't think there's any blowout potential in Michigan Penn State. No, uh, I think there is. I think there's definitely blowout potential in, oh, we in have, Michigan. We have a little debate. All right. We got to we'll embrace debate here. We'll, we'll get to that in the picks. Uh, real quick, let's just kind of breeze through a couple of these other games here. Um, Utah and Washington. Washington hosting the 18th ranked Utes. We've seen Utah kind of get smacked in the face when they play some good offenses. And I think this could be another one of those situations. Yeah, but Utah, they have a really kind of strong running game. They're good up front. They're good defensively. I don't know. Like, I kind of feel like Washington blows them out, but I don't know that it's going to be that easy because Utah can play time of possession, field position, run the football, and then play defense. I think this is kind of a sleepy home spot for Washington you want to watch out for. Another sneaky good game on the slate today, Tennessee and Mizzou, 13 and 14 squaring off in Columbia here. I think this is going to be a fun game, and I kind of like the dog in Mizzou. Yeah, you talk about fun teams in the SEC West this year, man. Missouri has been out of nowhere, really fun, pretty good. I hate their quarterback, but Luther Burden, any other season, Luther Burden would be taking the shine, but Marvin Harrison Jr. exists. And Malik Neighbors. And Roma Dunze, but yeah. like Luther Burden should be in the conversation with those receivers. He's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, USC and Oregon, we've kind of touched on that. We'll do a little bit more in the picks, but this is this is a great nine thirty game. We haven't had a lot of great nine thirties. This is the game. It's been a lot of Arizona, Colorado, Arizona. Well, that's today, but Arizona State, Colorado. It's been a lot of Colorado in the night slate, and I'm glad yeah. we're finally getting real football teams. Uh, on the Pac-12 After Dark broadcast. Yeah. All right. When we come back, we will get through our picks for the week, and then we'll also craft a little CCT parlay for you as well. All that next here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. 
Now back to the show. Sh- sh- Chicago's college tailgate has it all with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. Time for some picks here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Another big slate for us to go through. Last week we had a 10 gamer. Shay, five and five. Myself, six and four. You know, all things considered, we said last week, because we were opposite on a lot of things, we said this has potential for a doomsday scenario for one of us, and I think we both made out all right. Yeah, it ended up being like a five and four week for both of us. Pretty much a wash. So, all right. Uh, Justin Pottinger, what do we have on the slate for today? All right, guys. First game, how about Rutgers at Iowa? The over-under is 27 and a half. What are we doing with that? Keep going lower. (laughs) I I think that this is the lowest total on record in the history of college football. They keep setting a new record. That's what they do. It opened 29, and it's been bet down to 27 and a half in Tyler. (laughs) When they go low, we go lower. Give me the under. Last week was never in question. What did it finish? 10-7? Yeah, against, it was uh, never a doubt. That was a, that was a rocking chair under in a 31-point total. Oh, jeez. You could lightning bet that one. All right, what's, uh, uh, what do you like, Potsy, in that one? Oh, I'm going under, boys. I mean, if we're all going to do it, we got to keep going under. We need T-shirts made if this hits, Shay. <laughs> Tyler, what I'm are you in. doing? I'm going under. All right. Under 27 and a half. I will make the statement. When you get off a roller coaster, like a new roller coaster debuts, and you get that shirt, like I survived, top thrill dragster. If we win this bet, we all have to bet it. If this goes under, I will get us all three shirts made. I survived under 27 and a half with the Rutgers and Iowa logos on. Let's do it. We need that. All right, guys. How about Alabama today? They're minus 11 favorites at Kentucky. I think this is a very sleepy Kroger field. It's going to be kind of a weird tweener spot for Bama coming off of blasting LSU. I don't love it, but with 11 points, I got to take the Wildcats. I'm with you there. I think this was, I, I mentioned this, I think, last week, too. This feels like a trap spot where Bama could outright lose this game. If yeah, UK, I, I kind of am with you. If Kentucky gets a couple explosives in this game, I would not be surprised to see them walk away. 11 a.m. after a track meet against LSU last week, big emotional win at home. You're kind of gearing up for the playoff, maybe, and an SEC championship. I, I'm rolling with I'm rolling with Kentucky here. I think there's a chance they could win this one outright. I'm with you, Tyler. Outright, screw the points, man. 11, Woo! don't need them. Give me Kentucky, man. I, I think they win this game outright, dude. Alabama, they haven't been the same this year. Kentucky at home, I love it. All right, guys. How about Michigan? They're minus four at Penn State. We've talked about this game all day. No hardball. What are we doing? Give us the hook, Potsy. It's four and a half. I am taking Penn State. I do not think anybody cares if Harbaugh's there or not. I just look at this game. Penn State up front is awesome. Michigan's running game all season has been super underwhelming. I don't think Michigan can run the ball like they want to against Penn State. And when they have to ride on the arm of J.J. McCarthy, I think back to the TCU game and two pick sixes. I think about the Bowling Green game earlier this year where he threw three picks. He's not always perfect. The ideal Michigan game plan 
is J.J. throws the ball 18 times and we run the ball down somebody's throat. And I don't think they can do that today. I like Penn State to cover the number. And honestly, I like them to win the game. I think it's going to be the complete opposite. You're talking about two quarterbacks. I trust J.J. way more than I trust Drew Aller. I'm going with the Michigan Wolverines in this one. I think they cover this one and cover it big, too. I'm with Shea here. I like Penn State. It's going to be rocking, boys. It's going to be so loud. I think Penn yep. State can win this outright. Michigan's offense is not going to look the same today. Can I say something? I got Penn State. I Let's think Beaver it. Stadium is the fakest tough guy stadium in all of college sports. Oh, just the oh, stop that. Fakest tough guys. It is the stop. paper tiger. The nope, paper stop. lion. That's what I'm calling nope. it. The whiteout. Nope. Miss me with it. It's the. Oh, that's a horrible take. What are you doing? <laughs> no. Miss me with it. It's such a fake tough guy stadium. All right. How about a real tough guy stadium? The Kansas Jayhawks. <laughs> minus four today. Right, let's go. Versus Texas Tech. Come on. I'm taking the Jayhawks. You already know my pick. Money line, minus four, minus three. Alt line, minus seven. Give it to me. Potsy, for the first time all year, I'm going to join you. I, this, this I've been Kansas waiting for this team, moment. This Kansas team every single week is playing the biggest game of their life. And it just doesn't seem to matter. Texas Tech, I think, is dog bleep. Rock, chalk, Jayhawk. I'm riding with you boys, too. Let's go, Let's go KU. That, this may be a bad thing for you, Pottinger, but we'll, we'll ride together here. Everyone Kansas across the board. What's next? All right. How about Arizona today? They're minus 10 at Colorado. What are we doing? This Arizona team, I've been taking some gruff. There's a, a caller, Dave, on the station called Black and Abdallah earlier this week. He got your shots ass at this me. week. Yeah, man. Look, early in the year, I said it's going to be a tough year for Arizona. They've been a huge surprise. They've played really well this year. And Colorado, you know how I feel. If Tyler, if you think Beaver Stadium's the fakest tough guy place in America, I think Colorado's the fakest team that there has ever been. Dion can build something, but never this year. That offensive line's atrocious. I will take, again, the Wildcats. I'm with you. Wildcats, bowl eligible. Let's ride the lightning here. We're going with Arizona. Yikes. I'm going to take Colorado with the points. I'm sorry I'm on the other side here. Square. I know. It's a square pick. It's a casual pick, but I'll go Colorado here. How about Miami? They're on the road versus Florida State, arguably my favorite team in the country. They're minus 14 and a half. Florida State is. They are favored. What are we doing here? It's a mousetrap. That 14 and a half looks real appetizing. If you want to bet Miami, you it get does. the hook on two touchdowns. It feels really good. But Keon Coleman's back. Johnny Wilson's back. Florida State covers a big number. Miami's been dead all year long. Give me give me the Knolls. I'm also got the Knolls today. They got their wide receivers back. And this offense is just so exciting. Florida State wins by three touchdowns. Sounds like a couple 40-yard touchdowns in this one. That's what I'm saying. All right, how about Utah, guys? They're on the road versus Washington. One of the better games today, Washington's minus eight. The eight kind of scares me if I'm looking at Washington, honestly. I just, I feel like this is a touchdown game. Kyle Whittingham, I know what happened with Oregon, but he rarely gets blown out. His defense lines up, they'll play. I think they can stop that run. I think they can play on islands. I'm going to take the eight with Utah. I don't like it, but I'm going to do it. I'm on the other side of this one. Give me Washington all day. I think they win this one by three touchdowns. I'm with you, Tyler. I got Washington in this one as well. Good vibes. All right, guys. Tennessee, their favorites minus two and a half on the road versus Mizzou. What are we doing? 
I want to pick Mizzou really badly. I think Eli Drinkwitz has done an incredible job building that program up. I, I entered the year thinking he was a massive loser after his NIL comments. He's done an incredible job this season. I just, when you play Georgia, I worry you play him the week of the game and the week after the game, and I'm going to take Tennessee. I'm going to take Mizzou here in this one at home. Uh, Tennessee hasn't impressed me so far this season. Mizzou has. I'm going to roll with the Tigers here. I'm going to go Mizzou. I like the line. I like them. I think they went outright. So Do I'm going to take them. Do it for Jack. I need Jack down here. I need him to give me a smile. That's going to be my green light to do money line and spread combo here. I love Mizzou in this game, guys. Uh, let's move on. Old Miss at Georgia. Georgia's minus 10 and a half. We have any Brock Bowers update? No, he's still a game time decision. We do have some notes from Coach saying that he looks good. Return is going to be questionable, though, 50-50. Here's what I'll say. This could potentially be his last home game. I think he plays today. I think the national championship is more important to Georgia than this home game, this senior day a, deal. But he may not have a high snap count, but I think we see a few plays with him today. Well, if he only plays a few times, then I don't care about it in terms of the spread. There's a stat out there that in ma- top 10 matchups, this works for the Michigan game as well, the team getting more than 50% of the bets covers the number 34% of the time. I'm going to ride that stat. I'm going to take Ole Miss. I'm with you. I'm, I'm on Mississippi in this one as well. I, I think that's going to be a really good game today. I'm going to go with Ole Miss here as well. Georgia will win the ball game, but 10.5, too many points. Ole Miss oh, will make it close. I'd love to see an Ole Miss win today. Me too, man. Would love Me too. I would too. All right. Michigan State. Shay, you're here for this game. You're Michigan a loser State for putting this on the Ohio. slate for us. <laughs> I am going to the game. I had to. What are you doing? You're oh, making us you? pick a 31.5 yeah, point 30 game. Get out of here. I'm on the buck, you, guys. You could make this thing 40. I cannot bet the carcass of my team. They got a big win last week against Nebraska to feel good about themselves. But 3-9 and nine incoming. And Ohio State's just a different beast. O-H-I-O. You know what? You got a guardian angel earlier today. Give me Sparty. Oh, no. I'm rolling with the guardian angel pick today. Spartans. It's the Buckeyes and Buckeyes big time. So I'm going Ohio State here. All right. Last one, boys. USC at Oregon. Ducks are getting 16. Uh, Caleb Williams got a lot of gruff on the sideline. He was crying. Look, I don't care if he cries. I'm glad that he cares about football. Caleb Williams can cry if he wants to. And Dan Lanning is going to make him want to cry. Oregon is going to roll this team. I'm laying the sixth team with the Ducks. You know, usually I would have sympathy for Caleb Williams in the crying scenario, but because of the Max Duggan tweet from last year and Max getting his revenge this year, you lose sympathy points from me. And I think Oregon is going for style points today. Yep. They win this one by at least 24. Oh, I don't know what to do in this game, guys. I've been back and forth. I'm going to go with the Ducks, though, Aki. I quack, like quack. it. Quack, quack, baby. Go Ducks. All a right. lot of three-way allegiance this I week. Know. I yeah. love it. I, this, is, this could be disastrous for us. Yeah, it could be really, really bad. <laughs> All right, or it could be really, really good. Hopefully we're printing some shirts at the end of it. When we come back, we'll craft our parlay. It's all coming up. Chicago's College Tailgate. Chicago's College Tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago. Chicago's College Tailgate. Now back to the show with Shay and Tyler on ESPN Chicago. 
Wrapping things up here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Thank you to Justin Pottinger for producing today's show. If you missed anything, check it out on the Chicago's College Tailgate podcast, wherever you get your podcasts, or also on Apple and Spotify. And don't forget, we break down the week of college football. Week 11, Shay. What the hell happened to the time? Week 11. I'm so sad it's almost over. At least, just, at least we're gearing up for what could be an epic playoff. Yeah, that is true. Like, it could be the best four-team playoff we've seen. I just wish it were 12 this year. I yeah. wish we were a year ahead. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. All right, let's craft our parlay here. I'm rolling with the Oregon Ducks today. 15.5-point favorite against USC. I think Dan Landing, I said in the last segment when we were making our picks, I think he's going for style points. He's going for the throat. He did it against Colorado. He did it against Utah. And I think the biggest statement of them all could be if he just absolutely thrashes USC tonight. I think they win by at least three touchdowns. I'm going to take the Ducks minus 15 and a half. Potsy, what do you got for us? Oh, boys, boys, boys. I'm going Kansas today. I know, I know. Ooh, rock chalk. See, usually it's like, do Homer. I bet with my heart? Do I bet with my mind today? I'm doing both, boys. Rock <laughs> chalk, minus three and a half. Texas Tech is doggy. And the guys, I don't even know. It's just, they're, they're going to win at least by seven. I like kind of like the alt line to minus six, but we'll see. It's three and a half, right? Three and a half is the number I'm three seeing. Three and a half yep. is going to be my play. All right. What do you like, Shay? I, the trend is your friend, as Carmen DeFalco likes to say. I'm a little worried that this is uh, a rent's due moment for Vegas. But LSU, Florida, over 67. You have not been able to make numbers like high that. enough for LSU. Like LSU games are 8-0 and to the over. Combined Florida and LSU games, uh, try 13-3 and to the over. I just, it's two decent offenses and two really, really bad defenses. I'm going to go the over 67 LSU Florida in Death Valley. All right, so to round it all out here, we've got Kansas minus 3.5, Oregon minus 15.5, Florida LSU over 67.5. Gives you a plus 595. If you go on FanDuel, you get a nice little 30% boost to that three-leg parlay. Gets you up to plus 774. Listen, boys, all it takes is one. All it takes is one. And we, I, you know what? Does it start with me today? Am I the first leg? 11 a.m. Kansas. When did the yeah. Ducks play? Yeah, ducks are, ducks are 9.30. Yeah. Last game of the slate. All right, yeah. let's do it. Boys. It all starts with Potsy. We'll all go right. early. Yes. Potsy oh, here we go. We were all aligned on that Kansas pick, too. We are due, boys. I, I yeah, will say, I, just from being here in the old National Bank studios, I have seen a lot of Kansas gear pacing back and forth. And I'm not just talking. Like, Pottinger's not making coffee actually, runs, Shay. Pottinger's not making coffee runs. I'm seeing a lot of rogue Kansas gear walking Rock by our studios wow. today. Rock chalk. It may be the most represented school I've seen today. Well, they're so. all here for the Champions Classic on Tuesday. That's true. That's true. We will be there. Looking forward to that. That's going to be a lot of fun. So, all right. Enjoy your game. May that lady, uh, that Ohio State lady in the hotel, be your guardian angel tonight, Shay. Protect me. Because you may need it as your 31-and-a-half-point underdog Spartans take on the Ohio State Buckeyes at the shoe. All right, that's going to do it for us here on Chicago's College Tailgate. Again, we will break down all the action that we see in Week 11. 
on the podcast on Monday. Looking forward to doing all of that. Enjoy your college football Saturday. We will talk to you next week as we get closer and closer to championship weekend. Peggy and Dion coming up next. I'm filling in alongside Dion. We'll do all that coming up next here on ESPN 1000. Chicago's college tailgate returns in a flash on ESPN Chicago.